You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukowitz, online and social media editor at SD Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about continuous documentation, which builds off of some of the principles of continuous integration and deployment to automate and have the most up-to-date documents so that developers can jump right into a project. With me today, I have the author of the newly released Continuous Documentation Manifesto to talk about what are the key tenets of this new topic. His name is Omer Rosenbaum, and he's also the co-founder and CTO at Swim.io, a company that helps engineers ramp up to any code bases at ease and speed. Welcome to the show, Omer, and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Pleasure to have you here. So to start off, can you tell our audience a little bit about what is continuous documentation for those who haven't heard about it yet? Uh, sure, of course. Uh, so basically, continuous documentation calls for creating and man- maintaining code documentation in a way that incorporates it into the normal development workflow. So uh, first of all, it acknowledges that documentation is important and even very important for developers. Um, and still, since the current practices for creating and maintaining documentation don't really serve developers. Uh, So as a result, in most cases, documentation may be lacking and out of date. So developers may not rely on the documentation or create it at all. So continuous documentation says that you need to treat documentation as you treat other crucial parts of your development workflow, like tests or the code itself. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that the way that documentation is handled and updated now isn't very developer-centric. Can you tell me how the current Uh, process looks like and who is primarily tasked with that responsibility? Uh, Yeah, of course. So so currently, uh, the process is quite manual and time-consuming. It usually happens in one of two manners. So either a person who is reading through the documentation finds out that is not up to date and decides to update it when understanding what the current state of the code is. And that is usually for a single document at a time. Or someone decides that, wait, we have this pile of so many documents that are outdated and we really can't go on like this. We need to get this organized. And then that person makes a real effort to go over all the documents and get them to be up to date. Then this may become actually a team effort at times. Uh, But actually, if we don't deploy the right tools for it, then this process will likely happen again every few months when team members notice that the documentation as a whole is outdated. And with continuous documentation and the right tools, we make sure that this process is automated and that it is spread across time and becomes a common practice with a shared responsibility across the team. So it takes much less effort and becomes an actual practice rather than an ideal we strive for. Mm-hmm. So now with the current speed of development, it's is it really not sustainable without adding automation? Yeah, I mean, while the code evolves really quickly, right? And I think systems have gotten more and more complex in recent years. So now every repository, actually every system usually consists of multiple repositories and you have infrastructure that is sometimes within one repository or is external to the code base. And you have many services you interact with and all of these change all the time by various people in parallel and some of them don't work physically at the same place and if you write documentation as we used to that is by just writing some text and putting it somewhere then it just stays behind 
when the code evolves because it is not linked to the code. So where the code changes, the documentation becomes stale gradually. But nowadays, as you said, it happens quite fast. Mm -hmm. So this new wave of continuous documentation, is it still like a relatively new topic? Is it something that some companies are already employing? So I think it actually depends on the part of continuous doc documentation we're talking about. So basically, first we should clarify what we mean by documentation and the different types of documentation. So if we consider inline comments, for example, um, that is comments you write in the code itself, then this kind of documentation is obviously created while coding, at least most of the time, and this is not new. Um, Yet, I think inline comments are pretty limited. They're good for explaining a specific line of code. So, for example, say you have a line where you divide, let's say, some variable by seven. Then you should probably explain why you did that. But inline comments can tell the broader story of code, like complex flows, especially when they span across multiple files or multiple repositories. And this is actually what is usually harder to get the grasp on when you try to understand a new code base. So then we have a different kind of documentation, which can be either very high level, describing things such as architecture or something more like a walkthrough that actually takes you through the interesting code flows and explains the logic behind the implementation. And there are development teams who believe in the importance of documentation, so they try to embed it into the workflow methodologically and create documents of this kind as part of their development lifecycle. I've met with companies that do that by asking every developer to include a document as a part of every story they solve. So for example, um, say you use Jira stories and then you finish a story by completing a few tasks. So one of the tasks would always be creating documentation. So in that sense, teams try to make the creation of documentation uh, continuous. There are also teams that have a very organized and ordered development process. Um, some of them include a stage where they create, say, detailed design documents. So those teams even write some documentation before they implement most of the code. So this is also a form of creating documentation continuously. And I think there have been attempts to create documentation continuously in the past, even without the perfect tools for it. And actually, lately, I think we see more and more discussion about you know, the importance of documentation, especially following COVID and having many people uh, work remotely. And this also makes mm -hmm. teams want to embed documentation within their workflow. But I think that only now we get into actually trying to make sure that the documentation we create is always up to date. And also only now we get to measure documentation coverage and make sure we actually document what's important. So this is, I think, a relatively new phenomenon. And I think that actually only by making sure the documentation is up to date, it really makes sense to invest in creating it. I see. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very comprehensive explanation. Is I noticed in the, the manifesto, continuous documentation can kind of be broken down to, to three core tenets. Can you describe some of those? Uh, yeah, sure. In the manifesto, I actually use uh, three principles. And one of, and basically um, what I try to express there is that the tools are actually not the core tenet of continuous documentation, but mm -hmm. they enable continuous documentation. 
as I said before, with the current tools and practices, creating high, doc high quality documentation simply takes too much time and effort and continuous documentation tries to solve that. Um, so I think first, these tools should encourage you to create documentation that is code coupled. This is one of the first principles that I described there. And actually I think that code coupled documentation is something that enables many other things that we think about when we discuss continuous documentation. What I mean by code coupled documentation is documents that explicitly reference parts of the code. So you can imagine a document including text and then snippets that it actually aligns from within the code or also other elements from the code such as function names or class names. And code coupled documentation actually provides a standard to what good documentation looks like. Because this kind of documentation is really helpful for both the person who creates it and also for the person who consumes it. I mean, it's actually easier, easier to create documentation that way, especially with the right tools that guide you while writing the documentation. When you embed parts from the code and you explain them, it's much easier than just starting with a blank page and then filling it from scratch. Also, it's really practical and great to consume. I think it kind of gives you the similar experience to getting a first a first-hand explanation from the person who has originally written the code. Uh, because without the doc, that person would sit with you and will walk you through the code, right? While explaining it. So it will he will he or she will show you these lines and then say some words about it. And these kind of documents tend to get you the same feeling. Also, making sure the documentation is coupled with the code base enables many other things, such as making sure that the document is up to date and also to find it easily. This is one principle. The second principle is indeed making sure that the documentation is always up to date, especially, as I said, because if we don't do it, then we spend a lot of time and effort into writing the documentation. And now making sure it is up to date without the right tools as the code quickly evolves is almost impossible. And if we can't make sure the documentation is still valid, then why bother creating it in the first place? Mm -hmm. And the third principle I described there is creating documentation continuously, that is writing it on a regular basis. And this could be employed by creating, forming a team's habit or by other means. But anyway, it means creating the documentation regularly rather than in concentrated sprints every now and then. Mm -hmm. So the, the tools, where does that mostly come in? That Like it'll pop up when, you know, a certain document is not being regularly updated. Is it going to uh, do some automation or do some updating in itself? Like how, where do the t tools fit in? Uh, so the tools actually fit in in all of these uh, principles or stages, actually. I think, like it, first of all, they need to help you create documentation that is code coupled, as I said. Uh, for example, with Twim, we help you create code coupled documentation with our editor that encourages you to include various parts from the code. So it can be code snippets with full lines or other elements such as function names, as I mentioned. And this is the first part. And then we provide tools that help you make sure all of the documents are actually up to date. So at Swim, for example, we provide tools that scan all of the references that you include within the documents, and then we analyze the differences made to the code base, and we check whether the documentation is up to date. So we actually have a single CLI command we call verify that returns uh, true, 
if all the documents are up to date, that is all the references to the code uh, haven't changed, and it returns false if something has changed uh, dramatically at least, and then it shows you which documents need to be updated. And then for each document, we need to show you the parts that are outdated, and we suggest how to update them. So for example, uh, say you included a snippet with a specific function, and now the function's implementation has changed, then we'll suggest replacing it with new implementation and prompt you to check that the text that describes this function is still correct and up to date. So in order to do that, to really do that continuously, uh, we, we provide you with tools to integrate to your CI. So your team can run the verify command on each pull request, for example, and make sure that everything is up to date. Uh, so in that sense, you don't need to manually supervise the process or spend time identifying which documents are outdated. And obviously, automation is key here to make this something that makes sense in the long run. And as I said before, I think the coupling the documentation to code is actually key here, because if the documentation is not created in this way, then in order to validate that it's up to date, what you'd have to do is actually go through all the documents, read all the text, and then go to the code that the text describes, understand what it does, and try to see if it, they are still in sync with one another. And this seems like a really long and tiring process. Right. Great. Um, so you mentioned before that continuous documentation has gotten increasingly important as you know, developers are, are moving more towards a uh, remote workforce. So has the way that open source documentation been handled kind of influenced the way that organizations can now approach this themselves? Has, have you seen that open source documentation is often code coupled? Uh, okay, it's a very interesting question. And actually, I think you had two questions there. One is the hmm. importance of uh, continuous documentation within the open source community. And the other is about the current practices there. So uh, first of all, I believe you are completely right. And open source is a very interesting use case that shows how important continuous documentation is. And as you said correctly, nowadays, it's not only open source projects, but any team working remotely uh, makes the need for documentation in general much clearer than before. In open source, this may be the extreme, especially if we're talking about a project that has many contributors and some of them are no longer active in this project, for example. Specifically, I think continuous documentation is interesting here because when you have so many contributors, it's really easy for a single person to make changes that make the documentation out of date even without knowing that this documentation exists or who may need to use it and when. Right. I think there are many open source projects nowadays that are looking for new maintainers or contributors, but the learning curve for getting into them is so steep and the barrier for entry is very high. And again, as the systems in general get more complex, we need more documents that help us understand the big picture. And when the knowledge is shared across multiple minds of people in various time zones and limited availability, which happens a lot in the open source community, then I don't really see other good alternatives. And I think documentation in the open source community has really improved lately. And I have seen more and more people create documents that are code coupled and that makes sense for the consumer. I think we still have a long way to go into incorporating the right tools for making sure they're always up to date and also for measuring coverage and to find those documents when you need them. Great. Uh, and moving 
back more towards organizations themselves, should they be looking first towards applying these approaches to their teams or looking to some of these tools first that can help ramp that up? I think it's actually, uh, well, an organization would have to do basically both. A really interesting question, um, because the first thing that we want to make sure when approaching documentation seriously is that we create documentation continuously or regularly. And I think this is, first of all, a team's decision. And there are many different ways to employ this. So I think before I mentioned, as an example, that we can say that every story is, uh, when every story is closed, then we must make sure it has corresponding documentation. Another way for a team is to decide that on every sprint, the team as a whole creates at least two documents or something like that, and perhaps manage a backlog of documents that we want to create. And in that sense, it's first and foremost a team's habit and a team's decision. But obviously, using the right tools there help. It can help also in the stage of creating documentation, by the way. Uh, for example, there are tools that help you create documents right from pull requests. So, for example, with Swim, we allow you to take a pull request, and when you choose it, then we create a document from the changes that were introduced in the pull request. And then what is left for the developer to do is to explain what they did or remove parts that are not important for them to explain. Uh, but regardless of the specific way, I think the important thing here is that we make sure as a team, we create documentation on a regular basis. And that is really the very first important principle to follow. Then I think to make the documentation coupled with the code and also to deploy tools that make sure the documentation is always up to date and also help you update it uh, when it's not and ideally enforcing it by the CI. So for example, uh, you wouldn't allow any pull request to be merged until all of the documentation is up to date. I think when you have these tools together, they actually make sense in investing in documentation because creating documentation still takes time and effort. And we need to feel that it makes sense putting that time and effort because we have confidence that this documentation is important and also that it's going to be out, uh, sorry, not to be outdated pretty soon. So it makes sense investing in creating it. Thank you for your insight on this big topic. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that I haven't asked about? I think that in an ideal form, people can even go further than the uh, principles that I shared on the manifesto. I would say that you would also want to measure the coverage of documentation, just like we usually do with tests today, where we want to make sure the important parts of our code are covered by tests then we should also want to make sure they're covered by documents. And also, I think you would want the documents to be easily accessible when you need them. Um, so for example, at Swim, we provide IDE plugins that allow you to see that a code part you're currently looking at actually has relevant documentation. And again, I think all of this comes from having the documentation code coupled in the first place. Um, in general, I think that once people actually follow these principles, and get their code really explained by documents that make sense and that are also up to date. And they see that using the right tools makes this process simple. Then they find that they put little effort in comparison to how much they get from it. And I think this is the goal of continuous documentation, which becomes more and more important. Great. Great. Well, thank you again. Is there any, uh, any ideas on how we can 
get the name continuous documentation, give it like a streamlined name. I don't think we could use CD anymore because that's all deployment, right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Actually, I don't know, but uh, perhaps we should ask the listeners to come up with a suggestion there. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Maybe CDoc? I don't know if that's taken already. <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> but I'd love to hear this, some suggestions about that. Great, great. All right, well, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me here, and I'd love to answer any other questions you may have in other forms. Perfect. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till next time, this has been What the Dev. 